Some of you guys know Jupop. I'm your young OG, Ryan Yates. No nickname, unless you call me Strikem. We're here live from Dubai. As I said, it's a tale of two generations. Um, This is my high school coach. This is my mentor. He's my brother's high school coach. So we go back over a decade. Now we come to put together a podcast, kind of telling our story, because we went from high school coach player to now with business partners, international business partners in Dubai. What's up, OG? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. But before we go into like what's really going on, why do they call you Strike Them? <laughs> they got to go back to the past episodes for that one. You know, I got that nickname in college. I got that nickname in college. I was you know? here for every episode. I, I never heard the, you really elaborate on why they call you Strike Them. That's not what we. That's not on a topic list. That's that has nothing I mean, to do with today's yeah, you topic. Said, you said be natural, and that's what I'm doing. So something piqued my interest. I asked you a question. I expect you to give me some type of answer. You know, I love the fact that we finally on video. You see this guy, man? Oh, <laughs> you man. This, man? This anyway, crazy. anyway. I'm happy to be here. Finally, finally live and direct, as the old guys would say, in studio, out of my apartment. Because when we had all those other episodes, I was left alone with all the debris and all the trash and everything. And these guys are leaving my apartment, especially you, Ethan. Don't shake your head. So I'm happy to be in the studio. We talk about bridging the gap, right? And as a young guy, it's a twenty year age difference. When we hear when we hear this this talking from the from the guys and everything, we hear a little bit um some old grumpiness, you know, Oscar the Grouch. So as we say, as you guys know, being around uh, an older guy, because typically the old heads don't really sit and talk with the young heads anymore. So that's why we hear bridging the gap. But as you can see, grumpy, man. Grumpy, grumpy. Everything all right? You sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Let's just get it straight. All right. I am one of the old guys that will take the time to speak to the young guys. All right. All right. We'll get to that. Yeah, We're talking about the I debris. Mean, <laughs> I'm just being honest. I'm the one left with all that stuff when you guys leave. Nothing is ever put back in the right spot. It was never left the way you guys found it. When you guys go somewhere, you always want to leave a place better than you found it. All right. Well, let's let's be really specific about that. Okay. Because we, we assign tasks, right? Just like if you guys know on a basketball team, if you're a freshman, if you're a new kid on the block, you're carrying the water bottles. True. You're carrying the basketball. True. You're part of the basketball culture. Yes. Right? Yes. If I'm doing the heavy lifting, I'm doing all the scoring, it's not my job to go pick up the basketballs in a practice. It's that guy. So we do have designated people to go and fix, you know, Clean up the water stains where the right. coaches are there. You know what I'm saying? And this but, is not the first time paying attention to detail because, right. you know, we have some But as this Ethan. develops and you are the leader of the team in terms of your functionality, your performance and things like that, it's your job to relay those messages continuously to the guys under you. 
And so if Ethan is under your watch, which I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, you brought him into the mix. So he's your responsibility. Oh, see, since we're doing that, I didn't find University of Wagalong. <laughs> I had no idea what Shout that out was. to all our Wagalong players. Man, no, we're going to tangent, though. But it is beautiful to be here in the studio. As you guys know, Coach and I, um, this right here is just an idea. It was a thought. It was a feeling that I thought would be dope because my OG and I, we talk about so much in our car. Yeah, yeah. From we'll get into that later. Yeah, from from when we were, when I was young to now. You know, when I was in high school, I didn't have much to say back. It was just me listening. <laughs> now these conversations are different, and with us being in a in a whole another part of the world, me being my first time out of the country, and I'm living here. It's going on 19 months straight. You know, it's <laughs> going to be my second birthday out of the country, away from the family, in the middle of a pandemic. Um, it's kind of, it's dope for us to kind of share that light now. So you're going to see all the faces I make when he says something crazy and vice versa, you know? So again, I'm glad this is here. Thank you guys for pushing with us too. And big, big shout out to Collective. Collective has been the, the media guidance that I needed behind for all the crazy ideas I have and that are coming. So big shout out there. But, um, when we talk about us being in Dubai, we are here building a basketball brand. Um, basketball is what brought us together and what formed our relationship. And from there, it took us even further, which is why we're 10 years um, plus in. And right now we're building Hoop Mountain Dubai. Um, it's the second of our global franchises. Um, shout out to Steve Gibbs there in Boston. Uh, and we're growing that and we're creating a brand new culture from scratch. Right. From scratch. So that's what we're here doing. We will, as we grow and as the podcast continues to go, we'll get into exactly what those business likings are because it's, it's crazy. It's a whirlwind. <laughs> but today it's all about getting out, you know, what we feel and, and, and kind of having our audio journals. Um, so OG, you said mental health chat. You all good? I'm good. I'm good. It's the weekend. We've got through another week. Um, you know, it's the half term break for most of the schools here. And, uh, you know, we've, We've had an opportunity to get into the gym and we've had um, a lot of our clients come in to other locations. So we've had a packed house every day and, uh, you know, we have a packed house and we have energetic kids and we have enthusiastic coaches. You know, we get it in. So I'm I'm really happy for the week that we had. And it's the weekend now. It's time for us to relax a little bit and, and just, you know. Let loose. Yeah. Relax as much as you possibly can being an <laughs> entrepreneur, right? Like that's already uh, um, a, a trivial thing to do anyway. But I'm feeling good. Thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. See, the OGs don't care. The OGs always say you young. Don't worry about it. You can go ahead and do your thing. He asked me that one time. I, okay. Yeah, you know, anybody that typically it. knows uh, Coach Ryan, um, yeah. striker. Uh, you guys pretty much know that he's going to let you know how he feels. You know, he's never been one to hide his emotions. So that's, you you don't need to ask that question every day. That's another thing OGs do. They never get the correct saying. I don't know what a striker is. Striker, (laughs) strike them with it. But but it's it's all good. Well, that's dope. Um, As you said, we got through another week. Another week, and all we've been trying to do is survive. We survived. Now we're trying to thrive. Um, So it's it's feeling good here. But you know, we know what we go to now. Well, first, last week's episode, we talked about uh, basketball movies. 
And this is midterm break, so a lot of our students and our hoop stars, they don't have much to do. That's why they're right. coming around. So it's been crazy to kind of see what their reaction was to the movie. Because we have two lists coming. We'll have a, a family-friendly list on our Hoop Mountain Dubai Instagram, which is Hoop Mountain DXB. And then on the podcast Instagram, we'll have Coach and I's personal stuff. So right. it's been interesting to see how people responded. Right. You know, it's it's cool. And, it, and it's it's crazy to see how many of our kids haven't watched basketball movies. Yeah, that that is the, the most amazing part. You can't have played basketball more than three or four years and you haven't seen some of these movies. That that can't happen. That's, you know, Coach said we're here to build a basketball culture. We got to definitely educate you guys on some movies you have to watch if you want to be a hooper. Yeah, so we're getting there. And, and that's the first step, as we say. We need them to watch more basketball, <laughs> and we need them just to feel the experience of the basketball culture. So that's been crazy. So if you guys are following us, just go check that out. You know, I got that list up. And if you follow us on our Instagram handle for um, the podcast, you'll see our personal ones and the honorable mentions, too. We might even have those posted up in a video here for you. But let's get into some NBA talk, some basketball talk, because, you know, that is what we are. We are basketball guys. You know, you're a basketball savant in your way. Um, Trade deadline is creeping up. Right. All-Star break is is March 7th, I believe. Um, You know, around that time, trade stuff happened. Right now, the biggest names on the trading block, Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. Andre, Andre Drummond is actually having a real a solid year. He's double-double machine, same old, same old. Um, Blake Griffin at 31 is has career lows. 12 points per game, five rebounds, three assists. Like he's not really doing too much for the Pistons. And they have Jeremy Grant now who's killing it. Right. So And Sadiq Bey and some other young people. Um, whereas Andre Drummond is 27, I believe. He's young. A lot younger. A lot younger. Um, but they're going to go with Jared Allen over him in Cleveland. What do you, what do you see? Where do you see these two guys? Where, what are good fits? For Andre Drummond, I honestly speaking, he can fit in anywhere because mm-hmm. he's, he's a double double no matter where he goes. He's going to play his style of game and you don't have to run sets for him and things like that. And he's a defensive anchor. And we all know he corrals every rebound that comes his way. So he can fit in anywhere. Blake, on the other hand, is a little different because he's not at the superstar level that he once was because his athleticism has left him a little bit. And so he's going to have to go somewhere where it's, you know, limited minutes where he can get a chance to play in a um, supportive role in terms Mm -hmm. of, you know, using his experience and his you know, his former stardom where he knows certain spots where he can get his shots and things like that. But the team isn't counting on him night in, night out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, uh, you talk about Blake Griffin, definitely want to put him on a team that is probably a contender that's, you know, lacking in a few areas here and there. Yeah. What for me, Blake, what I question is, is whether or not like he wants to be a part of a championship team. Because with everything that went on when he was with the Clippers, when they really had their chance to do it, we know the reason why they weren't successful is because him and CP3 didn't see eye to eye, right? Whatever was going on there, it was getting bigger and bigger, and it was too much for them to win. So I'm I'm concerned about whether or not he'll actually be willing to fit into something. So, you know, I've seen some people throw out some names. Um, the, the Thunder, 
you know, Oklahoma City, that's home. So that's not necessarily a team that's competing for a championship, but they, they'll be competitive. It's a great organization. Sure, be a buyout. But that depends on what he wants, right? They have the Lakers. I'm, you see where I'm at with it. You know, I don't want him nowhere near the team. I, I don't. I don't want him anywhere near. I mean, but if LeBron's on the team, then there's a chance it could work. What it could work, but it's also if you didn't work with CP3, where he was spoon feeding you stuff, and then with us, where you aren't as athletic and you still have to fit in. I don't know where your skill will lie, because and he went to Detroit to have the ball in his hands more. Correct. Right. That's not your thing. You're not coming to LA and doing that. Right. Well, one thing that happens for, to all athletes at some point um, or another. You become a little more humble because you can't do the things you once did. And I think he may have realized that in Detroit. You know, he did want the ball in his hands, and that was a franchise where they needed a savior yeah. to come in and make them relevant again. Yeah. And he's just been unable to do that just because of, you know, past injuries and age and things like that. So, you know, he may be in a mindset now where I want to contend for a championship and I, I will fit any role that you give me. Now, there's two other teams that I saw mentioned. Uh, one is the Dallas Mavericks. I think that would be a good counterpart with KP and Luca and the pieces that they have. If you do, if he does what you said and just comes in and fill the role, right. do what you do. Don't have to overextend it. And you got some guys that are spoon feed it. But you've mentioned to me before something that I don't necessarily think about, but OGs do. When you get older in your career, you think about all right. Now that I've played. I want to enjoy where I'm playing at. Oh, for sure. Right? For so sure. Miami Heat. Right? You see Iggy went there. Right. But Iguodala's been a he's a different type of cat than than Griffin is. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. always been gritty, grimy, I'm gonna play hard. He was even though he was a lottery pick and whatnot, he wasn't a typical lottery pick. He doesn't mind doing the little things. Yeah. Blake came into the Clippers. He was a bona fide, bona fide superstar. Yeah. And so I, I don't know if playing for Pat Riley and Spolster and those guys fitting into that Miami Heat concept would be ideal for him. True. Um, just because, you know, they're expecting you to play hard every night no matter who you are. True. Well, of the two, I definitely think the best asset out of there is um, Drummond. And the situation, oh, sure. the situations that they're trying to figure out whether they're going to do a trade or a buyout. I I don't want to see him go to Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't want to see that happen. If he goes to Brooklyn, they're dangerous. Especially not now with AD having a sore Achilles, and we don't know how long he'll be out. I do right. think if, if he sits out for a month, if AD sits out for a month, and, you know, LeBron, LeBron's already on an MVP tear, and if AD sits out for a month and we still maintain the level of dominance we've been doing – that gives Bron the MVP, and then he can kind of, you know, balance it when AD come back the second half of the season. But if if they were to get, if the Nets were to get Andre Drummond after just signing Iman Shumpert and Andre Roberson, two wing stud defenders, there could be problems. Woo-hoo. There could be problems. Man, that that would be an interesting space. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. I'm going for Blake Griffin to the Wizards. <laughs> don't don't wish bad upon that man. He, but but you know, he hasn't done anything to you personally to deserve that. Man. But but think about what Blake Griffin to the Wizards would do to that team with 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 Russ with Bill going with Bill is doing. That would actually be a much better team. Tell let's be honest. It's not. I mean, it doesn't take much to be much better for the Wizards. But hey, you at the end of it, if he went to the Wizards. 
mm-hmm. with the management that they have and, and the setup that they have, you're liable to see Bradley Bill just retire. <laughs> Come on, man. Stop. Go, like, go, go. See, there you go with this crazy stuff, man. man I mean, this, this is why it's not crazy. It's the Wizards. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that they wouldn't take him. Man, but Blake, he shouldn't agree to that. No, he shouldn't. But but that'll be interesting to watch. Um, but what that leads me to next is the way in which those situations were handled. You know, um, okay. I believe Blake Griffin and um, Detroit management, they talked and they came to an agreement that he wouldn't play. So right. he wouldn't have to so he can go home and chill. Now, Andre Drummond, on the other hand, he found out before a game, that they weren't going to play him anymore, and he had to go in the locker room, change the street clothes, and then come back out and sit on the bench, right? Um, and that leads to Draymond. Draymond took that opportunity to kind of voice the frustrations that he players in general have been having. And right. D. Wade and things talked about how it's a double standard. Right. You know, players are expected to have a certain level of professionalism, roll with the punches, if whatever happens, it is what it is. You just got to go with it. Right. Now they show up at arenas. They get booed when they had nothing to do with them leaving. Right. Organizations never get held accountable. And we talk about this often, how organizations don't necessarily give kids, give new players, young players, the opportunity to grow. And then right. they'll do away with them. Right. But they don't give them a good system. And talk about how you feel when it comes to that double standard about, you know, paying, having a little bit more respect professionally about how you're going to move someone in their entire family. But as a professional, you being in the game in that, in this particular situation, being in the NBA multiple years, such as Drummond has, you're dealing with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes. They're known to be a terrible franchise, terrible management, terrible ownership over the years. So this is to be expected. So I'm not, I'm not saying that, uh, Drummond was, you know, wasn't taken off guard at that particular moment, or whatever. But he's got to understand that, yeah, it, I can see this happening here. You know, Detroit, even though they haven't been at the level that they're used to being at in the recent years, um, but they have, they don't necessarily get a bad rap, rep for being, you know, a bad, mm-hmm. poorly run team. But the Cleveland Cavaliers, come on, man, we, we all expect this from them. Do you, what, what would you expect from them? Well, well that's the point, though. To where you never get vilified as an organization. So I think, like in general, well, they I, do. I, in general, in general, like as practices go, just from you talking about guys to be at a gas station and they find out from fans that they got traded, right? Mm-hmm. And nobody has communicated with them. And on the right. flip side, if James Harden wants to leave, or if a player wants to leave their organization because the organization hasn't been holding up their end of the bargain. They're looked at as the bad guy, I, even though they might have gone in there and talked about it the first time to like, let's mutually agree to part ways right. and they refuse to do so. But once the organization is done with you, they throw you to the side and whatever happens, happens. And there's no balance there. True. that, But that's not true for every organization. That's true for this particular yeah. organization, because players know and we've said this before in numerous other conversations um, outside of our um, talkings on it. But. People have said, you go to Cleveland to die. Yeah. Well, I don't think, I think this was just an opportunity for Draymond to speak on the issue as a whole. Right. As a whole. Yeah. yeah. Right. So what, I, well, as a whole, what do you think? Because we all know Cleveland, D.C., yeah. those, yeah. those are what they are. But as a whole, you know what I'm saying? You think he has a point there when he's pointing out the fact that like, it, 
a level of respect that needs to be balanced out and shown. Of course. Mm-hmm. But I'll say this in, in, in his defense and for some of the organizations who do the right thing mm-hmm. with the way social media is and the platform that players have, especially star players, I think it's your obligation to always express your side of the story. Mm-hmm. And some people don't do that. And we talk about Harden and the Rockets. We had no idea until recently that the the various movements uh, that they had over the years were behind James Harden. You know, James mm-hmm. Harden was behind it all. Mm-hmm. So he actually doesn't have a leg to stand on in terms of this. But I get what Draymond's saying. But you know, Draymond's been with Golden State, so he should know that you know mm-hmm. it's. Bad organizations, good organizations. There's some players who handle things the right way, some players who don't. So I see it as it's 50-50 across the board. I mean, and and at the bottom, at the end of the day, I look at it like this. There are people who are getting fired every day or mistreated at their jobs, and they don't make 10% of what an NBA player would make. So, But to counteract that, you say that, but NBA players are probably still underpaid for their value. Right. And uh, just, no we just talking about we're talking about the players. We're not talking about what the old school stuff uh, is, but we just talk about market value, what the players bring, because there is no NBA without players. No, 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 multi-billion no, no. There is no thing. NBA without the superstars, because we all know. Got it. But we, there's still but, players. But no. Yeah. But we're talking about we talking about if you're talking about the superstar guys. Yes. These guys don't have a price tag in terms of what their value is. But there's a lot of guys playing on the Washington Wizards roster that definitely don't deserve the Ooh. amount of money that they're getting. But that's just that's just a, another layer of the discussion. But still, there are we're just talking NBA, about NBA players are the ones who make that league. Like there is no superstars. We're we're superstars make the league, but more so in the NBA than any other sport. The players dictate everything, right? So you said they still undervalued. So with that being understood, understood, because basketball is different anyway. We talk about it with our kids, saying that basketball puts you in a different space because you guys have to play together. You guys have to play to your partner's weakness. You guys have to communicate well at all times. And also with your coaching staff. You know, you have players that are extensions of that. You always talk about their full organization. And you need transparency amongst those things to have a winning environment. And it's a good workspace anyway. Right. And this is more collaborative than anything else. But basketball, more so than any other sport, there's opportunities where superstar players can carry the weight of two or three players to make a difference. Yeah. Unlike some other sports. Yeah. So, therefore, those superstars carry the league. You know, we talk about going, you know, decades ago, the NBA was was almost over. Yeah. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson happened to be coming in at the same time and, and revived the league. So... That's not to say that there weren't good players that were there before them. It's just that they weren't superstar players that not only could perform at a high level on the court, but also had mass appeal to the nation or the world as a whole. And we all know that if this NBA right now were void of its superstars, there'd be trouble, man. Of course. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm but, just saying, but, that's, but that, I think that adds on to my point. Right. That the league is nothing without players, superstar players, role players, whatever. But it's still a player. Yeah, LeBron, but, KD. But yeah, but let's just all specify. Them. That's all yeah, I'm saying. But they still players. They, they know, still they still wear the jerseys. Because you're the you're one of the guys that you 
You're a Lakers fan. This is for yes. everybody out there that knows Coach Ryan. He's a Lakers fan, and he still holds a grudge against Smush Parker. Why are you even bringing this? I'm just up? saying because he was a player, right, right, and, right, and you know, but everybody he, paid to see Kobe, right? But what I'm saying is, is that nobody goes to a game because of an owner. Nobody likes a team because of an owner. The owner is is reaching its bottom line and its payment because of you know whatever box office player they have that they can put on a ticket or whatever. Right. And, cool. And, so within right. there, you still you have that. Your superstar players, right? Chris Paul, whoever else, are still also a part of the NBA, MBPA, right? right? So Players Association. So all they're saying is, yeah, common courtesy. You're going you're gonna to ship me away. Let's talk about it. Right. But if you're a bad organization, we already yes, we expect no, that. So let's, sure. let's move on. Well, holding them accountable. That's what, it's, that's what he's saying. And I think, he, I think I'm cool. Yeah. You know, how, you, know how, you know how the players hold the Cavaliers accountable? Don't the, go. The, they don't go. That's, that's what they do. <laughs> that's that's there's, that's there's multiple players that have been... On their way to Cleveland in the past ten years, and said, "I'm not going." Yeah. So that's and, and we talked about how that stumps the growth of the league because that yeah. that smaller market. So again, like they have to, you know, players get fined and all that other stuff. Silver, you know, got to hold some like, some of those owners accountable. For sure. We need KG owning the Minnesota Timberwolves. We need to. We need that to happen. Go make that happen. ASAP. For sure. But when we talk about trades, the biggest trade in the man, maybe in the last decade. Getting hardened to the, to the net, right? <laughs> Last night, and we're filming this. I don't like usually like the data, but it's a Wednesday night. It's, it's like the 16th or 17th after um, after Valentine's Day. I'm actually, I got questions about that too. But um, Harden took on the the Suns without KD and without Kyrie. Now the Suns have been on a tear. They've been killing. They were like 17 and nine before this game, right? And, you know, Harden is out there. They're down 24. Okay. Matter of fact, I woke up. You know, the time difference is nine hours. I woke up. Right. And my, my boy said, damn, I went to sleep and the sun <laughs> was spanking the net. How did that, what, what happened? And I woke up and I said, man, Harden went and he did what Harden does. You know, I think he had like like 38 points, mm. uh, double digits assist again, mm. and, the, and the go-ahead three ball, right? So, what does that do for that team? A team that, knowing they did that without KD and Kyrie, right. that's a Western Conference team that, that will be a playoff for team. Sure. Playoff and they team. did it at Phoenix okay. when they were at full health. Okay. And they just added a few pieces. But what does that do for that team there? Man, that just that just builds momentum in a positive manner that, you know, the Nets aren't just – those three guys, mm. plus Joe Harris. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, because we got to give him some love, but now it's a team. Mm-hmm. And so for them to come back from now, we just said 20-something? 24. 24. That goes to show you that the team is rallying around those guys. And maybe it's not as dysfunctional as we think they are. Man, first of all, you know, it was a different energy in that gym. Kyrie had a nice post-pregame outfit with the walking stick. You know, man, real, real nice, real nice. That's why he looked homeless, man. Come on, that's style, man. That's that bridging the gap space. It's his style, man. He got his own little rustic style. That's his thing. That's his thing. What was that stick, man? That was uh, I, he posted a picture of a pharaoh on Instagram with, with had a walking stick. So 
you know, I get it, and you know, he's he's um, he's in tune with his Native American side, right? So. That, and that's fine. That's that I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. You say that's a you know, it's the young guys fashion. And I I didn't say all of us, but you know, oh, he has okay. his own space. That's so that, yes, my question. Okay, Kyrie can throw it on too. He can we're do good. his thing. We're good. But but what I will say is that you're right, right? The team is rallying. Jeff Green is having a monster time. Oh yeah, he's been yeah he's been balling anyway. Yeah, he monkey dunked on somebody the other sure. day. That thing was crazy. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson was once a Heat, and he had a left-handed guy who can get it done. Mm-hmm. He was he was getting it. So, um, Shamit, the one, the kid, who, I think from out of Wichita State, played for the Clippers and got there in the trade. They were knocking it down. I'm starting to look at it like this: maybe we don't. Understand. Maybe we have to give Harden a little bit more credit for being top five in the league because of the adjustment he's made. Right? I think two episodes ago, I said I. I'm sure Harden is going to lead the league in assists, right. well over ten a game, and you know we watched him be probably at what he does in isolation basketball one on one, the best at what he does that we've ever seen. I'm not going to say the best one on one player ever, but he does it his way that we've never seen anybody do just because of that Dantoni system. But the adjustment, the facilitator that he is, you know, the playmaker that he is right. at a high level. Right. I think I gotta. I'm. I'm admitting that I can give him more credit and put him in that top five space because of that versatility. I, I don't think that was necessarily the question from everybody. I think the question was more so: What are these guys going to do on defense and in crunch time? That's that's the question. We we have no. I don't think there's any reservations on anybody saying that they're not going to get buckets. They're not going to. Hard's not going to get assists because he got assists in in Houston. And he wasn't passing to the same cats he's passing to now. This is true. So I think the numbers are going to be there. It's just a matter of what are they going to do down the stretch when they got to strap up and then they have to, how can I say it, um, really, really accept their roles certain games. I'm not saying that KD, well, KD should shoot. He should get the most shots every night. But there's going to be nights where Harden may have to go – for 30 and Kyrie takes the back seat. And then the next night Kyrie may go for 30, you know, I mean, yeah. flip flop, yeah. but you know, we, we just, we need time to see that. And right now it's regular season, yeah. you know, because you know, everybody just plays straight up. You know, of course there's a scouting report and things like that, but nobody's really, really honing in on what the other team is doing and trying to get significant stops on, on yeah. their main players right now. Man, I for seven game series, beating them four times. I understand. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, thinking about that. How you game plan for that as a coach? Man, don't even. I don't even know. If yeah, you yeah I, I'm just. Being honest, I mean, I don't care. You can have Phil Jackson sitting here in the third seat. He'll tell you with text, yeah, with text, and everybody. Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna do with that. You know, nah, that's that's tough. Well, then we talk about you know surprises in the NBA. If I'm not mistaken, the number one team in the West and maybe in the league as a whole right now is the Utah Jazz. <laughs> the Jazz. As the day after we record this, the day before, the Jazz just played uh, the Sixers. Joel Embiid didn't pay cause of, uh, play because of back tightening. But career high for Ben Simmons, 42. What? Yeah. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Ben Simmons at 42. How many yeah. threes did he take? Man, none. So put uh, send me the link. E. 
So he had 42 with the, um, with the box score from the game. Okay. So he had 42. Jordan Clarkson, who's up for sixth man of the year, had 40 piece. That's your guy. That's, That's your guy. You, you know always give him love, for sure. Yeah, because yeah, he was a Laker. He was one of the few Lakers we had that was getting, getting a bucket. So but Mitch Parker was a Laker, too. Relax, man. Relax. I'm just saying, man. Relax. Relax. Come on, dog. Smush had the part in the middle of his head. <laughs> and it, come on, man. Come on, man. So, um, Ethan, what's up, man? You can't. It's the, I'm about to say, Ethan taking forever. I was just to about get... to say that I was happy to have Ethan back, you know, in, in close proximity. Look, I man. I don't know now. All you got to do is thin the, the shots. But we good, though. But, but what we have is, um, yeah, so what he sent. So Tobias Harris had 36 and 10. Ben Simmons, 42, 12 dimes and nine boards. Mm. And I remember, um, and then on the flip side, we had Jordan Clarkson with 40, um, Joe Ingles with a dub, and, and Donovan Mitchell with 24. Well, I bring this up because with that 42-point game, Utah still won by 11. Right. And now they're 23 and 5. Right. Against the Philadelphia team that I think probably gives has I think they have the best op- opportunity to challenge in the East. Yeah, right. They challenge the Nets, and they got them out of there. Now we've seen this time and time before with teams that are really good in the regular season. But what's a little bit different about Utah this year is their scoring, as you can see with those high scoring, as well as their playing defense right. and being that that tough grinding team. Right. You know, we know Donovan Mitchell is a star, yep. but now you add back uh, Bogdanovich, who's a 20-point scorer. He gets buckets. He gets sure. buckets. Jordan Clarkson clearly is a bucket. And Michael Conley Jr. has been having a great season, too, because he's healthy. All right. Is Utah real? Hmm. They are in a sense where, for me, definitely playoff team. Could they get into the second round? Definitely. Beyond that, no. You don't see them Western Conference Finals? Not enough star power. They're playing well as a team. They're overachieving. But we all know when it comes down to the playoff seven-game series, you got to have some star power. I'm sorry. You don't think Mitchell can take them there? Or Not alone. Lead? Not alone. Well, I, he, he has more help. So I'm saying Western Conference, who are your, who are your final four teams, right? Who are your final four teams you're saying? I'm probably going to go the Lakers, Clippers, Suns, and Utah. It's hard for me to go against Portland, but Utah could get in there. Mm, Utah could get in there for sure. They're playing. They're playing great. They. I mean, they play like this all the time, though. They play great team ball. Some guys are a little, a little more uh, uh, in the mode this year. They're healthy and things like that. But I just can't. I can't. I can't depend on. You know, some of those guys to get 20. Rudy Gobert. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> That's Stop. what you said. I, I'm I'm keeping an eye on that. I'm keeping an eye on that. Yeah. But you you mentioned Portland. Um, Stephen A. just <laughs> has made a public <laughs> apology. And you and I have been quoted on here. Um, you know, I've talked to some other people. My guys already say it. I take Dame over Steph, right? Mm-hmm. I take Dame over really... Any guard in the league, as a league guard, like right. league guard in the league, um, 
he he has been dominating and carrying that franchise for sure since the time that he landed in, in Portland. Right. And he's been playing at a high clip, shooting at a high clip. He's been the most lethal in the fourth quarter in the last five years. Right. We in the playoffs in regular season. Right. He shoots with the same range as Steph and everybody else. And his hands and he gets to the basket at will. He's been consistent with that. Right. Too. And before I will say this, let me add on that before I say the last four or five years, maybe, Dame used to strap up. Strap. He used to strap up. People don't know this about him because they just don't get the coverage that he deserves in, in Portland. And and he's also playing in a backcourt where they're both undersized between him and McCullum. And right now, McCullum is out. And Portland's record right now is, um, I believe they may be sixth in the West, if I'm not mistaken. Whatever. They're fourth in the West right now. Wow. So that so you know that also means Melo is playing well. Right. Love to see it. Melo had a tear where he went like five straight games for 20. Right. Stay Melo. We love that. We <laughs> respect it. You know, Gary Trent Jr. is a young guy that's getting it done there sure. as well. He's yeah. getting it busy. So, but they're fourth in the West. I'm talking about MVP conversations. I'm, should, I'm seeing should. the Joker's name being thrown around. I'm seeing Steph's name being thrown right. around. But Dane. Yeah, Dame's pretty much doing what he does every year. Every year, yeah, every year. Just don't give him the love because the West has been so loaded with guards that you know we tend to leave him out because Portland is not a it's not a destination spot for free agents, and it's just not as glamorous as you know being in L.A. or San Francisco or Mm -hmm. other places like that. And he's loyal. Yeah, he's go ahead. Tell him. He may hear this. He may never hear this. Whatever. But we can just put it out there. Go ahead, tell him. Dave, <laughs> we know you're loyal, man. We know that. We know we we saw. You know, we talk about even from your college years and and everything. But listen, man, you are a talent that the world hasn't seen ever, and you're one of the all time greats, man. And whether you win a championship or not, you're gonna go down in the Hall of Fame as one of the best to ever do it. But come on, man. We would love to see you with a chance, a legit chance to win it, man. Yeah, a that's your chance. Come on, man. Do us, do yourself a favor. Do us a favor, man. All your fans, get out, mm. get out. Yeah, but I mean, we never know. The one thing I don't want to see is is what happened to Chris Paul to to happen to him because right. Chris Paul, top two point guard ever, right? Top two, him and Magic is up there, and if. And you know Isaiah Thomas is in that conversation as well, of course. But but Chris Paul, top two. But if, unless you really understand basketball and you are really a basketball person who studies, watches, understand the plight of his career, you know because of the media pushing some things one way, saying he's a tough teammate or whatever else, you don't really appreciate it. I don't right. want that to happen to Dame because he's in Portland, right? You know. So, but you know, let's. We yeah, yeah got hit the hit the road, baby. Hit the road. What's interesting too, um, we haven't talked much about college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um COVID situation. Um Dance. that 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 the college basketball lifestyle is already very, very difficult anyway. Right. Um it's a lot to balance, there's a lot of things to do. But having to deal with that now while COVID is going on. And, you know, a lot of those young guys are, have NBA aspirations. But we have um, – and, you know, I'm a UNC guy. 
And I, just recently, UNC and Duke had their rivalry game, and I hadn't, I didn't see anybody talking about it. It was crazy. Right. Right. UNC won, um, but neither one of us are having a good season. But the fr- a freshman, Jalen Johnson, opts out of the remainder of, M- of Duke's season to begin preparation for the NBA draft. <clears throat> um, this is a kid who came in five star, um, you know, probably preseason. He had a bunch of draft lookings and everything. Um, guess he's been struggling. He had a couple spot minute games. Right. You know, a couple 15-minute games here, a couple eight-minute games. He did games. murder my old school. Murdered Coppin. <laughs> he kept Coppin like 19 and 19 or something like that. <laughs> Got a couple dunk po- uh, crazy posters, but it hasn't been playing very well. Right. Um, and he decided to make a business decision. Right. You know, I think he's also injured, too. What are you? I don't have mixed feelings. The kid was playing injured, so he's getting spot minutes. He's playing during the year of COVID, and he's playing for a traditional blue blood that's not having a, the, the typical season because of all the other situations. Mm-hmm. And he made the he made the best business decision for his family, for him. You know, you you come in as a five star recruit and you're going to Duke, so that means you could have gone anywhere in the in the country, and. You're basically only going to college for one year to fulfill the requirements to get drafted by the NBA. Mm-hmm. So he's already played a few games for Duke and performed at a high level. And, you know, you don't need to do any more. Yeah. Like, well, why, why continue to stay somewhere that, you know, you're, you're not happy. The situation's not great. We all know Coach K doesn't even want to play this year. So why not go ahead and remove yourself from the situation and start working on you and getting prepared for the future. Yeah, that's that's the half. Because I, I know a lot of people are going to say, you quit on your team. You know, how are you not going to finish what you started? And I, I agree with all of that. You know, don't quit and all those things. And I don't want to make an excuse for this space. But it's just interesting. You know, just understanding what that college life is like. Like, they didn't have that summer that they would have to prepare before True. they get there. Yep. You know, typically that right there is you take those summer classes so you have lower credits within the basketball season so you can focus on, you know, training and working out and then you get adjusted to that space. Now, everything's online. You didn't get prepared. You don't have as much basketball time. I have no idea what COVID college is like. For for sure. Let's be clear. If you're going to Duke, Mm -hmm. you can handle the academics. Yeah. Because this is a great academic school. But the problem is for Duke, UNC, Kentucky, this is a year of COVID where they didn't get a chance to have the preseason they normally would have with these incoming 18 and 19-year-olds. Yes. Everybody's saying that they're down. They're not necessarily down. It's, they're, just a, they're just a victim of the circumstance. Mm-hmm. When everything goes back to normal in the future, they'll be back at the top, in the top 10. Believe me, these coaches haven't lost it. These players aren't, you know, mistakes that somebody made on the recruiting trail. Yeah, for sure. It's just they don't have the time that they normally would have to be to gel together as a team and to get adjusted to college life. We're talking about these guys, the teams that are being successful now are teams with older squads. Right. They've been in college before, you know, and they're a little more seasoned and, you know, they're familiar with each other. Um, and, you know, and this thing about I'm a coach. And you know that I, how much I preach team. But I've always preached to you guys, do what's best for you. 
Because at the end of the day, you do your four years and then it's over. Yes. You go to college for to get a better job in life, to get a uh, to get prepared for life. If you get a chance to go to college because you're a good basketball player, why would you stop there? Why would you sell yourself short there? If you get a chance to further your career and make a living at it, yeah, you got to go. Yeah, and believe me, Coach K may not say it publicly, but that kid has his blessing because he knows how it how it goes because yeah. he knows for the sure. game. Yeah, for sure. He I, knows the game. It's, it'll be interesting to see how, anyway, that dynamic between <clears throat> going from high school to the pros changes. Right. Um, we'll have that discussion as it goes forward. But to, today is the GOAT's birthday. Which GOAT? Not, not, your, guy, not your guy Earl the GOAT, man. <laughs> not him. Okay, okay. Not him. Okay. But He's a bad boy. Today... Michael Jordan. Michael Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Jordan. Jeffrey Jordan. Black Jesus is what they call him. Black Jesus. Happy birthday, OG. For sure. That's your guy. I'm going to let you take the stage. Yeah. I want you to take the stage. Paint the picture for the people. Let me just say. I got, say, I got, you, I got Jordan's on right now, too. When you, say, <laughs> when you say I would have Jordan's, I can't afford them. Jordan, listen, man. Lower the price of your shoes for the old heads. We was with you when you first started. See, this how you know he old. He don't even understand that Jordan ain't setting the price no more. It's the resellers. But I ain't gonna. Ain't gonna no, no listen, that. man. When I see him when they first come out, on they're on the when they're on the shelves, they're still expensive. So they, you they know, if you out. if you're my age, you're used to getting and you played ball, you used to getting your shoes for free. Yeah. You, you don't believe in spending over a hundred dollars for shoes. Now, look, that's a thing we're gonna talk about because <laughs> I don't care. Even at my age, once you start playing, you gotta pay for the sneakers. It's not any good. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, but, but you say black Jesus. Man, what does that mean? Like, we're talking about the Messiah <laughs> of basketball. You know, we're talking about a guy that revolutionized what the shooting guard position looks like in the NBA. Before, it was dominated by big men, you know, Will, Kareem, Bill Russell, those guys. But MJ came along and just just shattered the typical mold of what the best player in the game could be. We're talking about he dominated on the offensive end, defensive end. He dominated the shoe industry. He dominated the style, even though you guys laugh at the suits and stuff. Now, he had everybody wearing suits. I'm a, no, I'm going to get to it. I'm going right. to get to it because that's the thing. I am I got some questions. Yeah, I ain't say he stay, <laughs> it's told too long, but he, he Mike dominated the industry in a way and the world that no one would ever believe a basketball player would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still relevant to, to, the, you know, to this day. Yes. You know, there's no way that a kid – that comes to Hoop Mountain, that's six years old, that says MJ is his favorite player. Yes. So that means you you stand the test of time. Yes. Mike is unbelievable. He is the definition of culture. Yes. Like when we talk about what basketball players can do beyond just the game on the court. Right. Mike is that. Movies, whatever else. He just he gave that initial blueprint. Of where Bron is taking stuff now, KD and Kobe and all those guys took the game, right. and it's always dope to hear because we're right now the nostalgic pictures pop up with him and his Ferrari, <laughs> him coming out. You know, they always talk about seeing that MJ glow, glow in person. Right now, I I, I want to know how MJ went to being one of the flyest dudes in the nineties, 
And it was fly. And they get out the car in the, the Rari in the fly sweatsuit, hoop earring, you know, doing his thing. Yeah. I don't know if it was the level of money he started to get, but when he started wearing them big jeans and those brown shoes, I, I don't know if that's where he, that's that's Wizards time. Well, that was the, that was the style back then. But the problem that some of the old guys have that are at the top of their game, they don't know when to let it go. Let it go. <laughs> for sure. For you sure, know, they sure. don't know when to let it go. But 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 happy birthday to the to the GOAT. Um MJ, man. You know, everything that you did on the court, off the court. I mean, without you, I wouldn't have my favorite player, you know, <laughs> Kobe Bryant. And I know Kobe, if he was here, we got rest in peace, he would be saying the same thing. Appreciate you yep. for being that inspiration there. So happy birthday, big dog. Um a February guy. You know, a lot of special people are born in February. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can go down a long list. You know, I know Usher and a lot of different people. Me. <laughs> that was clear. But, you know, what's interesting, though, I got a question for you. What? You're looking like uh, Bodie off of, uh, off the wire. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo. But I got a question, though. You know what I'm saying? There may be a generational difference. And this was, we didn't have this on the topic list, but okay. I just was thinking about it. Valentine's Day, okay. right? Yep, it happens once a year. Once a year, yeah. you know, I, I I know there's something to it, I, some story behind it or whatever. I just think it's a, a capitalist holiday to get people to spend more money, blah, 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 right? Okay. Maybe you think, right? But but we know, that's that's how a man going to look at it, okay? Right. But as an OG, OG, what what's Valentine's Day even looking like for you? You um, and these years, I don't know if you want to break it down, decade, decade, or whatever. But how you how you get I, it I, I gotta be honest. I don't want to say the politically correct thing because that's not me. Anybody who knows me knows that any holiday throughout the year is another day to me. Right. I treat my friends, my family the same way every day because I feel like anytime I get a chance to communicate, even you, I feel like you know it's a holiday for me. It's special. But Valentine's Day, yeah, it's another day. I give. Give some gifts here and there, some cards, whatever, da da da, and then we move on. You get away with that? We yeah, we make sure it's quick. Yeah, <laughs> you get, you yeah, get you away know. with it. No troubles. No, no trouble. No trouble. Well, right, how I'm would I have saying. trouble? I'm just saying because you know me, I, I check all the boxes. You all know right, I, I I just make sure because it's different, man. I gotta get some games sometimes from my OG because Valentine's Day caused a lot of trouble for a lot of people. That one day caused a lot of trouble for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not one of them. I'm just saying. I, I see. I got it, my It only up. causes trouble for those who go beyond what they're willing to give. Mm. We're going to leave that there. Yeah. We're going to leave that right there. Go beyond what they're willing to give. Ooh. That's a bar. Yeah. Well, we, we talking about hooping. Um, sometimes it's like, it's like the little things that us hoopers, we have our own little language, our own understanding because we right. experience some things different, right? right? And some of those, and that's part of the culture we talk about. Right. You know, as a hoop, there's certain things you don't do. Like we tell the, the young boys here, never wear the shoes that you're going to hoop in outside. Right. We have some kids show up to the workout with their KDs on that they're going to use in the workout outside. Like, so disrespectful to KD, by the way. Yeah, like you don't do that. Throw some flip-flops on or something. Slides or something. Anything, but don't wear the same kicks, right? So what do you, let's talk about those Pre-game rituals, those little, you know, those those things that you did during the during the game or before the game, those pre-game chants with your team. Like I know that was different 
with y'all than it was with us. <laughs> but you know, like like what was that energy like? Um, I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna be boring. It's it's similar to what you guys would do. You know, whatever the the team itself would have a few songs that everybody agrees on. Okay, you know, some type of banger that's gonna get everybody hyped. You know, of course, there's always one cat in the corner listening to Beethoven or something like that. But the majority of the team always had something that got them hyped. And it was a song that had a special meaning in terms of something particular happened at some point in time during the season when you guys were all together and that you guys all bonded with that song. And you listen to that song and everybody's looking at each other. Nobody says a word and everybody's sitting there head nodding and, you know, and you guys getting getting right. When I was in high school, I was basically the maestro of that because, you know, everybody knows the I had the big boom box. I'm I'm old, y'all. Yeah, Radio old, Raheem? I had Yeah, this yeah, your shoulder. But it took twelve size D batteries. <laughs> That's how big it was. I mean, it had yeah. it had two cassette decks. You know, I was and it had a five level equalizer. You know, you had, was, you had an A track on never mind. Stop right. playing. <laughs> Stop playing with me. Shout out to Dr. J. But, you know, so oh, that's I, a, I know Dr. J's too. So I would bring that in. And, man, we put back in the day, you know, we had Two Live Crew, NWA, you know, the Ice Cube, Big Daddy Kane, KRS-One. And we get right before the game. Did y'all, did y'all get in, like, did y'all get in a circle, like, chant? Like, y'all had, like, y'all little, like, callbacks? We, we didn't do that as much. It was just... Put the music on. We go out there, warm up, and we come in. You know, we break down what our team name was. We were the Indians, whatever. Blah, blah. But we ain't do anything special. Like no, you guys we weren't the Indians. We weren't the Indians. Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. No. Nothing. Magic City Snowbiz. <laughs> what? What? But did you guys? Did you have somebody get in the middle and get everybody hyped? No, we didn't have that. Yeah, no, that's that's like you guys. Bad. You guys have a special thing, man. All right. So this. tell me this. What was? You as an individual, as a player, what did you have to do before every game? Really, I, I just, man, I just kept to myself. I put my headphones on. Sim, similar to what I tell all the, the players I've had in years past, I would put my headphones on outside of the team and just visualize what I'm going to attempt to do during the game. That's mm-hmm. it. I mean, I kept it nice and easy. Nothing special. Mm-hmm. But I had some crazy teammates who did some outlandish stuff. Like what? I had one cat that would smoke a cigarette before the game. And listen, man, I think I may have mentioned it in a previous episode where he he didn't get a chance to smoke before the, the game. And he had a terrible first half and we were getting killed on the boards. And that's what he did. He got rebounds. And at halftime, he smoked like two cigarettes went out there had like 17 boys in the second half. <laughs> so let that man do what he do. Um, he had to I, smoke the Newport yes, halftime. Man. That's First of all, I'm like, how are you, where are you even getting that Newport from in Argentina? He pulled it out of his sock. I'm like, man, <laughs> listen, I've had, I've had cats in Europe. I'm not going to say their names. They know who I'm talking about. That would take five or six liquid Advil gel caps and then drink two Heinekens after it. Yeah, before the game. That's on the bottle. Listen, man, listen. Do not consume with alcohol. But when a cat has played 
When a cat has been playing for 13, 14 years, he knows his body better than anybody else. Yeah, and y'all were different back then. Y'all had actual, <laughs> y'all had actual tape wrapped around y'all knees. Just oh, for sure. Y'all were getting the dust. Yeah, so. there we had. We, you know, we were bare bones back then. You taped yourself. See, pregame rituals. Now, I know for me, young, like young high school, AAU age, I always had to have a pack of Skittles. Pack of Skittles and Gatorade or something. Even with the pregame, I just I just had to do it. I had my music, I had my thing, but I always had a pack of Skittles and a Gatorade. And it was always the uh, purple pack. The purple pack of South Skittles. It was always that blend. Always that blend. Even in high school? Even in high school. You know, I had the vending machine. The, uh, the, the, that's lit. You know, I got what I wanted. I got what I wanted. Go, I wish Miss, I had known Miss, that. Miss Kathy. Yeah, that's why Slow you have the energy toward the end of the game because all that sugar would rush out of your body and you have a you have a crazy dive. I've always had energy to shoot, always. Yeah, you ain't lying about yeah. that. <laughs> always you ain't have energy to shoot. Right shot. About. But but I, I get there. Of course, the music is always always it. But in high school, I didn't really get crazy with the routine. I did sit by myself. Always had the time, like right before, I sit by myself. Watch everything, chill. Music was always Wayne, Gucci, something, something like that to get me going crazy. Um, when we got into now, when it came time to to get together with the team, now you know we used to get we used to get right, right. We used to get right. I remember Blue Blue would get in the middle and we'll be doing all little callbacks. I don't remember all of them, but I do remember we stole some Sunset Park. They got us. <laughs> it's time to get live. It's time to represent. All, all that. We'll get crazy on all that different stuff. So I think um, we heard some people before doing the who let the dogs out. That was some opponents. I was like, yo, we about to beat them by 30. <laughs> don't get out of here with that. When I got to college, though, when I got to college, I always had to have a hot, a long hot shower before we left, and unless we were like going on the road or something. I always had to have a long hot shower, loud music in there, leave me alone and get my shower going. And I was still going to warm up, but I get a long hot shower, and then I would try to get on the court before everybody else and get some work in, and then go back and chill. And I would never put my jersey on until right before they were going to call us out for the starting lineup. Okay, and then in the, then in college. You know, dancing in the middle and all this other stuff. And I was I was talking, so I started to get the pregame speeches, talking trash and all that good stuff. But the rituals was there. But but one thing I always was curious about, and I'm gonna blame MJ for this, was was chewing gum while playing. Right. Like I tried it one time, and my mouth was dry the whole game. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, our MJ made this look so cool," and I know all of y'all did it. No, no. Every you may have tried it. That was short lived because you know if one who's gonna keep what type of gum are you chewing? Because it's gonna end up getting dry, like you said. It's that green, and pack. then you got to worry about um, swallowing it, and then it's come yeah. out on the floor. You step on it, so we you know we went away from that. You know our biggest thing was wearing mouthpieces because you know the game was a little more physical back in the day. Yo, listen, that man, things have changed. Y'all had the middle linebacker mouthpiece on the court. Nah, so nah. I had a teammate. I had a teammate. Shout out to Andrew Thorne, one of my fav- most favorite teammates ever to play with. Like, he'll be up till four in the morning, and then the next day we playing somebody in the conference, and he'll get 35 and 15. Like, crazy, right? Drew always had his mouthpiece in, because Drew was originally supposed to go to NC State for football. Something happened with grades and stuff. Why was he like, it was nice. So you know how he was on the court. Right. So he, he kept the mouthpiece. 
but he'll never take the mouthpiece out when he's telling us something. So he'll be saying something important and screaming it. And right. I'm like, hey, big dog, I don't know what you said. <laughs> you got to put that thing down. And it was right. always a big, heavy one. So right. I couldn't imagine what y'all was rocking with. No, we had the we had the ones like Steph's wearing right now. This That's not anything new. There's no modern technology to that. It's just that he's, the you know, Certain people like certain mouth mouthpieces that you go to the dentist, you get the mold made. Some people go to Walmart, get that joint, take yeah, it, put it in the boiling water, and you know, you get the mold I, from there. So I had to do that when I was like twelve. <laughs> uh, like twelve, we did that, but not. That's a wild time. Mouthpieces on the on the court. Yeah, it's real you. though. Listen, it's it's a jungle down yeah, there. Listen, you know how it is. It, yeah. it was physical back then. You don't lose any teeth. I got a couple scars up here from yeah. his, his pretty face, <laughs> man. It ain't no good, but we'll, that was a lighthearted topic, but we'll get to something that, you know, both and I have experienced with you, both you and I have experienced with. It's an interesting space. Um, in Alabama, Alabama is in the U.S. a state for anybody international and listening. Is it? Know. I thought this is. I don't, I don't think, I don't think, I don't, I don't talk much about Alabama about anything unless it's Nick Saban and football, right? Right, right. But I, Alabama high school playoff game was in the news headlines. Playoff game ends. Final score was six to four. That's either two three pointers, three layups, three jumpers, or (laughs) what? Like just six to four. Total of 10 points. Now, but some people, they're like, yo, these, these kids must be terrible. Like, how did they get there? Right. What they're doing is they're stalling and holding the ball the entire time that they have the possession. And right. they're waiting to the last moment to get a shot up. Who knows how many shot attempts right. that they had. But we've experienced that before. Right. Right. All right. Whew, man. I hate even talking about this because this is the, this is the, the bad part of basketball. Bad part of high school basketball. Of course, you always want to do whatever it takes to win. But at some point, you have to decide, am I hurting the game as a whole? And, you know, Coach Ryan was a player at that particular time. Our state championship year, I think you were a sophomore. We were playing in Northern Virginia, a team called Lake Braddock High School. Their coach, I won't say his name, Brian Mitras. Um, is one of the, the best coaches ever to come through there because he he is very good in game planning and using his personnel. Gimmicks. But it comes a point in time where you say, you know what, this just isn't our year. We're not going to use these tactics to try to win a game. And let's just say, to give you guys a little um, perspective on Coach Ryan's team that particular year, they won a state championship – there were at least seven to eight double-digit scores on that team. So in a 32-minute high school game, we were always going to be anywhere from 75 points plus. And this particular game, T.C. Williams High School, Lake Braddock High School, halftime, it's like 13 to 15. Game was so slow that as an assistant coach, I had the duty of going up into the stands and telling all of the college college coaches that were there, um, hey, sorry to waste your time. We will send you some tape of some other games 
and we'll catch you on the road later because we had no idea this was going to happen. And so Lake Braddock team, knowing that they were outgunned, decided to hold the ball and not take a shot for as long as certain, certain possessions they held the ball for two to three minutes. And that's with us playing man to man. That was the hardest. And that was that was the hardest game. Because they run all these little handoffs and everything. Yes. And I was guarding guards. Yes. And they would man, it was and, terrible. And so to say that, I'm glad you brought that up. To say that, even though the US, the NBA is the highest level of basketball, that doesn't represent our grassroots. We have 50 states where probably more than half of them don't have a shot clock. Mm-hmm. They're transitioning into the shot clock era. But until they do that, we're going to have situations like this. This should never happen with a varsity high school boys basketball game. Never. 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 Like it's, it's terrible. It's ridiculous. It's, yes. it's terrible to watch. It's terrible to play. Correct. Like it, it doesn't benefit anybody within that time. Right. And you don't do anything for the future of the game, as you said. Right. Six to four. And we ended that game, it was like 26 to 24 or something. The very next time that we played them, though, they just, they folded and they just like, forget it, we know we're going to lose this one. Right. So we smacked them by 30. And we made sure we ran the score up because they did what they did. But right. when you talk about, that's, that's where I get to the point where, you know, the responsibility you have as a grassroots coach and understanding the foundation that you're laying for the game as a whole, you can't, you got to have some integrity. Right. Like, it's bigger than you. This is this goes for freshmen, JV, varsity high school coaches, middle school coaches, travel league coaches, uh, rec league coaches. It's the game is bigger than you. You know, of course, everybody wants to win. It feels great to win, but your obligation is to that individual playing on your team that's trying to grow as a basketball player and as a person. You owe it to them, and not having a shot clock doesn't necessarily mean stall the ball. Yes. Play basketball. Right, right. So, but hopefully that shot clock does get um, put into play and it becomes a universal thing. Right. Like everybody needs to be playing somewhere similar to the type of basketball that right. is played at the very top. Correct. Right. You can't, some of, you, they don't have the same athletes, so it doesn't have to be 24 seconds. It could be a 30, but it needs to be some remnant. Some needs to be there. Right. Keep it there. So make that happen. It's we always that's one thing too that we've noticed. One thing I like about the UAE or love about the UAE is that the government makes changes quick. Right. You know, at home in the States, everything just takes so long for certain things to make changes. It's red tape. You know, founding fathers. A lot of that founding fathers talk is placed inside the system. So it takes right. forever to make one simple change. Right. Just throw the shot clock in there. <laughs> that's it it's real simple let's right. add it this way but sometimes that load, loaded talk <laughs> you know what I'm saying but I wanna since we're talking about basketball at the grassroots level and we're talking about integrity and the importance of really leaving the foundation for the future to grow on right you know we talked about culture last episode and whereas we wanna make sure it's a revolving door you know, I take this group here, push them through, and they can see what that group before them did, and it can inspire them. They can keep going, keep right. going, and going. You're making it realistic. 
we're watching trainers. We're watching, um, you know, just basketball in general, outside of team stuff. And we're seeing a lot of uh, abstract. Because I like creativeness. I love creativeness. We've seen a lot of, I say, abstract basketball training at the grassroots level, the young, young dogs. Simplify the game. Right. Can we please? Right. Like I, I get on Instagram and <laughs> I, I see different things and I shoot it to you all the time because, you know, I'm I'm still very, very young in this basketball coach, trainer, whatever it is, journey. Like I didn't I didn't choose it, chose me right. kind of thing, right? But I know I make sure I pay my respects, study the game. You know, my my OG, my uncle, Uncle Ro. And you, my bookends for the game, you guys got more knowledge than I'll ever know, right? So I make sure I stick there. And when I see you guys work out or I see a pro workout when I go to NBA practice, it never looks like what we're seeing on Instagram. <laughs> but all of the kids that come back to us, they're trying to do these two, three ball basketball handling stuff. They're trying to put the ball behind their back when they're shooting layups, do all these different things. Well, whenever we do something very, very simple, they can't do it. Right? And I don't want to put it on the kids. It's not the children's fault. We're here to guide them and push them forward. But right. we got to simplify the game and what we're teaching them. Right. Let's just say these guys, the social media is great. You Love mentioned it. it before because you have educated me and, and you're educating a lot of the older guys like myself that the internet, social media, things like that has made the world connected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's made the world smaller. We're able to, people that normally don't have a voice, have a voice, they have a platform. It can be good and bad. And this is the bad part of it. There are too many people out here giving kids in the grassroots level, of not just basketball, other sports as well, too many things too fast without explanation. And you know better than anybody because you've heard this from Coach Thomas, from me, Coach Roland, Coach Vess, yeah. you know, all of the coaches from Team Takeover, shout very, out to very reputable AAU programs that you got to have a foundation in the game. You have a, if you don't have a foundation, what are you going to draw on when times are tough? And so if we're teaching you a move that is six steps beyond the foundational moves, then we're, we're cheating you. We're, we're doing a disservice to you. And that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. We're seeing so many kids come to our classes at first and they're showing us moves that they learned somewhere else that they saw on, on YouTube or what have you, but yet they can't do the simple things. Nothing. So if you can't do the simple things, you're not playing the game of basketball. Yeah. We're supposed to progress. You're supposed to start here, then build here, then go here, then go here. You don't build a house from the top down. Exactly. And, the, and, and you talk about here, right? This isn't a place where basketball is visible. Not yet, right? So it's dangerous because it's really impressionable because they don't know any better about right. what's good basketball and what's not until something real comes. Right. But even at home, yeah. you know what I'm saying? There are so many people in the States that are training and giving basketball lessons and things. 
And it's like, yo, what's going on? Right. Right. We talk about my best years as a scorer and me growing as a scorer was because I understood you don't get that many dribbles in the game. (laughs) Right. Like we're looking at stuff always is going to be a system of some sort. Right. It's always going to be a system of some sort. You just got to find what you fit within that system. But I'm watching kids do at the top of the key. Right. I'm talking about just two or three steps before half court. (laughs) They're making two combo moves right there. Right. Then they get to the top of the key, three point line. They're making another combo move. Then they're going to the elbow, making a combo move. You've made eight dribbles before you've gone anywhere. Right. What your trainer isn't telling you is that your teammates are on the side pissed off. Because they're sitting there watching you. <laughs> Defense is loading up on you. Loading up. The ball hasn't moved side to side yeah. one time. Time is running. If it's college, the shot clock is going down. You've eaten that up. Right? And then you're getting clamped up. Yeah. You're getting clamped up because you don't understand angles. You don't understand spacing. You don't understand how to get those things done. Like, you're not understanding your role. The 99.9% of coaches around the world are not going to allow you to do that. We, we think about the guys we see, um, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, those guys. The difference between those guys and, and most other pros, they're basically what you call God's gift to basketball. Mm-hmm. That's what they mm-hmm. were born to do. Mm-hmm. But you don't see the, the second half of the NBA guards doing that stuff. Just because they don't, they can't do it successfully on a consistent basis. So, you know, everybody, please understand what you can and can't do in a game. Mm-hmm. You know, especially on a grassroots level. Mm-hmm. No one's going to allow you to do that mm-hmm. on their team. And then the opposing coach and team is not going to allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. So, so learn to play the game and make it as simple as possible. And you want to work on those things, work on those things outside of your fundamental practice time and then save those moves for when you actually need them yes, to get yes. you out of a bad situation. But if you're coming down, you're making moves and no one's guarding you. What, what are you doing that stuff for? Yes. Yes. We, we see kids literally do a Timmy, a between the layers crossover <laughs> when they don't have no reason to do it. They'll be past somebody and they'll come back and do a Timmy and now they strapped up. Right. Like it's and it's all the trainers' fault, all trainers' fault. Yeah, all of those who are you know doing quick money grabs and all those different things. Yeah. I'm I'm not the greatest trainer in the world, you know, by no means, you know. And I think I'm that's not either. I think that's part of the reason why some people are moving too fast too, because they're not humble about that. Right. You know, there's always so much you can learn about the game. But what I do know. What I do know is when you get on a court and it's five on five and it's time to make something happen, you got to be able to know your spots and how to perfect those spots. Right. You got to be able to score off the ball. Right. right? And you got to be able to be worked on and put in those positions so you can register those things. Right. right? Like simple. Give the ball up early, run the lane and get it. You get a layup much faster than you would dribbling down the court. Right. Because everybody can't be the man. No, everybody can't be can. the So everybody can't have the ball in their hands, and you got to know how to play without the ball sometimes, and 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 just know that, you know, it, it's there's five players, and at the grassroots level, everybody's got to be involved. Otherwise, it's not fun, you know. And um, and for the trainers out there, you know, not saying that you're doing um, 
a bad job, but just know the clientele that you're teaching these things to, because of course, every kid's going to want to do what's cool. Yes. Learning the fundamentals is not cool. I'm a victim of that. You know, may, may John Chaney rest in peace. He's a hall of fame coach. <sighs> Probably changed my life. Um, by jumping on my ass every day about making the game simple, doing the fundamental things. And I'll forever be in his debt for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he was, you know, at the time, it didn't seem like the cool thing to do. Didn't seem like the right thing to do. But later on in life, I realized that in terms of being a player and a coach, he was telling me the right things to do. Yeah. You know, part of that reason, I always run into people sometimes. Like I have, I talk to a lot of people. So a lot of times my friends, you know, lean on me for information and stuff sometimes. And I always say like a lot of people are afraid or they're reluctant when they don't really know what they're doing. Right. They'll try to mask it by, you know, doing a little bit extra. But if you can't really show somebody how to score in a game, like if it comes down to that to where you really got to teach that and you got to show that and you start stumbling, you don't can't figure it out. But what I can't teach you how to do is put the ball behind your back three times and go here. That's different. So I think that's part of it too, where it's like it's a lot. Because basketball, our kids find out every day it's not as simple as they thought. Right. They, you know, they don't they look at basketball and they're not understanding that like, okay, you have to understand spacing. You have to understand where your defender is and the next person defender is. You gotta understand what this next pass may cause the defense to do and everything else on both ends, all while running full speed with other athletes around you. Right. Right? So that means, you know, basketball IQ. We run into people, we talk about the league's best players. The NBA has all athletes. Right. All of them are top tier world class athletes. Right. right. The difference between a lot of them is skill and then basketball IQ right. takes them to a whole nother space. Same thing with your trainers. Don't just jump out there with a trainer that's putting you through these dribbling drills or whatever else. If you really want to get better at basketball, if that's your thing, you want to do it. Go do your thing. No hate over here. If you really want to get better at basketball, make sure that the person that's, that's talking to you. Can really explain that space to you right. and put you there so it makes sense. Right. It ain't that tough, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It ain't that tough. But you know, first episode with the lights on. <laughs> you know, we got we got we we digital now. Um, this is this is going to be the first of many 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 dope dope moments. Uh, you brought out the bucket hat. Yeah, outside of my apartment. You worried though. And, it's almost midnight. I need a pizza or something. I'm definitely making an order. Don't, don't send Ethan to go get it. Now, Ethan is going home. Ethan. Listen, speaking of Ethan, people, I've been waiting for him to get back so I can say this. Yo, I've had if, maybe episode 11, whatever is titled Presence is Currency. If you see a spelling mistake, know <laughs> that that is Ethan. All right? That's strike one. All right. Ethan sent me a final video one time, dope animation. Uh, he sent it to me, and I was like, cool, I'm just going to go ahead and upload it right to YouTube because I got to hit the gym. My mom texts me at like 6.30 in the morning her time. She's like, yo, I'm trying to listen to the podcast. I can't hear any sound. I said, what? I was like, Ethan sent me the podcast audio video with no sound. I'm like, man. Then last night, I'm going over some other stuff. 
And I'm, you know, after the first two times, I'm like, I, I he, look, I gotta make sure I triple check every For sure. You know what I'm sure. saying? Dot the eyes. Dot the eyes, cross the teeth. And I'm trying to give him some, if, I'm trying to give him some love, man. I'm trying to give him some love because you know we got some things cooking and brewing. And right. I believe in the young boy. So he sent me the episode for episode 15. He sent me the stuff. I said, Ethan, is there something wrong with, something off about the artwork here? He said, huh? So he said, oh, it misspelled episode. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you had eight. Look, mind you, he sent me six trailers. Right. Right. So six times you see the episode and everything. You send me a final video and you send me artwork, still image. Eight times. And he work. I'm like, well, see. Man, but listen, that's not even the, the worst of it for me. <laughs> for me being an older guy, you just graduated from college. Man, that's the problem. That's the problem. Well, what's problem. the problem? I mean, how did you get through school? <laughs> you didn't proofread anything? Man, Come on, man. This is our livelihood here. You messing up because you don't want to proofread anything. Listen, man. Listen. Yeah. When it's, he not getting paid when this pop off. Yeah. Let me, man, make, let me make a note of that. Yeah, Look at my glass off so I can spell it right. So. No, but if, if, you, if you have been paying attention since the beginning, you've noticed how much our content has elevated. On top of the consistency, you've noticed how much the animation has been growing. Um, and that is Ethan. A lot of that is me telling Ethan, stop stop being scared and just go do it. But it's in there and it's been showing. So it's going to be dope to see what comes next. So shout out to Ethan for taking care of this stuff. Um, you're doing a great job, champ. Tighten up. Tighten up. Um, again, big shout out to our media team, Collective, um, holding us down. Yep. So much more to come as well. It's a lot here. We're always appreciative of it. As we said, this is just... From the ground up. So you guys are watching this build. Um, as you guys know, who have been with us. The end, we always do a post-game wrap-up. Um, you know, we stick to our basketball roots. We give a post-game wrap-up. Coach gives the sentiments. I give mine. And then we go from there. What you got for us today, Big Dog? I, I want to stay on topic in terms of simplify the game. Um, we I may have talked about this briefly before. And I'll probably talk about it again four or five episodes from now just because it's important in terms of what we do for a living, which is we are educating the younger players in terms of how to play the basketball game the right way. Um, know your strengths and weaknesses. Do not just play the game if you're serious about it. Watch some movies. Watch basketball games. Watch. Do any type of research you can to further your knowledge in the game of basketball. Go watch teams that are your age group. Watch older group. Watch if you're if you're a young lady, watch the boys play. If you're a young man, watch the girls play. You can always learn from the game of basketball each day, no matter how old you are, no matter what your experience level is. And know your strengths and weaknesses. And every day you continue to build on your strengths and you continue to work on your weaknesses. And you get to a point where you master one thing. And then you gradually add something else. Coach Ryan always talks about pieces to the puzzle. Okay. If you know that the, the best puzzles that you have are the most challenging. So this is what basketball is. So you, you start with one piece, add a second piece, then a third piece. But you want to make sure that even when you get to the 15th piece, you can also go back to the first piece and know how you got to the 15th piece. 
So it's a slow process. It doesn't happen overnight, no matter what somebody may tell you. But just know that during that journey, you're working hard and you enjoy what you do. If you enjoy what you do and you you enjoy the game of basketball, it's okay. You're going to have good days, bad days, but just keep pushing through. Yeah. And if you guys have noticed, Coach has been saying the same thing in different ways for a reason. All right. It's, it ain't no ain't too many tricks to the trade. You know, he's not reinventing the wheel, as they say. Right. There's a reason why he's hammering that down. Like, watch the game, keep the puzzle pieces together, and build upon it. Um, you guys know I like to throw something out there that's more um, versatile for everybody. Uh, three Ps. Prayer, patience, perseverance. That fits for basketball, fits for life, fits for everything. Um, nothing's easy. Nothing's given. Nothing ever makes sense at the beginning, but you just got to keep your faith, keep pushing, and be patient. Um, that's in relationship. That's in a business idea. That's in whatever you're jumping for. Prayer, patience, and perseverance. Um, that's what we're going to leave you with today. You know, that's I, the, I wrote that down because I want you to have patience from now on. Yo, I've been around you for 15 years almost. <laughs> I got a lot of patience. A lot of patience. A lot of patience. So... Um, that's it. That's episode 16. You know how we give it up. Keep it simple. Keep it real. 